Okay, so we're in Acts chapter 8, and um, you started Acts chapter 8 last week. I wasn't here last week, um, but um, Sylvain was talking about how God uh, sent Philip to go and preach in uh, this city in Samaria. And um, uh, this week we are carrying on from that. And in principle, we are in verses 14 down to verse 25. But we'll kind of stray a little bit out of it because otherwise we we kind of leap into the story at an awkward moment. So um, I will trespass on Sylvan's territory a little and um, face the consequences if there are any. Um, But Sylvan is a a forgiving chap. I'm sure he'll forgive me. Um, Yeah, let's let's do it. Um, Who here is French and from France, was born in France. Anyone here born in France? Yeah, we have a small minority, but there are four, at least four people here born in France. Who here was born in the good old US of A? Anyone born in America? Um, yeah, so again, a small minority. Um, what, shout out countries then. Where, where were you born? Junior. In China, in Austria. In Austria? Yeah. Well, that's a shock. Um, <laughs> yeah. Nigeria. Nigeria. Spain. Spain. Anyone else? UK. In the United Kingdom. Yeah, okay. Anyone else? Germany. You, you were born in Germany, were you? That's another shock, isn't it? Anyone else happen to be born in Germany? <laughs> I knew there was someone, yeah. Prime was born in Germany. Yeah. Um, where else have we got that we haven't mentioned? Ghana. Ghana. Yeah. Um, and and uh, there was another country at the back. Belgium. Belgium. Oh, great. So we've, we've got quite a lot of Europe covered, haven't we? And then we've got a couple of countries in Africa. We've got a few countries in Asia. Some we have not dared to mention. We have not mentioned Taiwan. Um, and I realise that's controversial, so we won't go too far down that road. Um, and then um, we've got the USA uh, as well. Um, do you ever wonder what it's like to have a different nationality? Do you ever wonder that, or, or am I weirder than I, than I realise? I often wonder what it's like to be French, what it feels like to be French. And I'll never know, because even if I become French, it's different, isn't it? From being born and being brought up there. Do people ever wonder what it feels like to be English? I sometimes do. I'm not English. I sometimes wonder what it feels like to be English. What it feels like to be American. Um, do you ever wonder these things? Or am I weirder than I, than I even think? Um, I am pretty weird, I know. Um, because we know the stereotypes about countries, don't we? We know, um, we know what it's supposed to be like. We know the history sometimes of countries. Sometimes, not always. We know about the food. We know bits about the culture. But you can't know how it feels, can, can you? The experience of growing up in Belgium or the experience of growing up in Indonesia uh, or, or in another country, growing up in a different culture and climate uh, with everything that goes with it. 
Now, the thing about being a Christian, right? And I, 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 I hope I've sown a little seed of fascination with you. And you can ask each other about that later if you like. What was it like growing up in, I don't know, China or whatever? Um, but the thing about being a Christian is this. It's a bit like emigrating. It really is. When you become a Christian, it's a bit like emigrating. You discover that you have a new citizenship. Yeah? A new citizenship, which is not the one you were born with and not even the one that you live with. It's a new citizenship. You have a new home. You have a new belonging. You have a new allegiance. You have a new culture. Christians have a new culture which is different from the one they grew up with and the one they live in, yeah? Uh, so to be a Christian is just like emigrating. It's like going to live in a whole different country. And it is awesome. It is the most wonderful thing that can ever happen to someone. Uh, because um, when you become a Christian you realise that you have all of this and it's all because of Jesus. It's all because of what Jesus Christ did. It's not something you fabricate or invent. It's something that the Lord Jesus Christ achieves and does and uh, has done and gives you. Uh, why? Because we have one king. Christians have a king. We, we don't live in a republic we live in a kingdom. Uh, we live in the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the most amazing thing, isn't it? We don't have to vote. Um, in theory, I should vote uh, before December the 12th, but my postal vote hasn't arrived. I'm a little bit annoyed. Um, not that my vote will make any difference, but you know, um, I'm supposed to vote. And that means I'm supposed to consider the arguments. And I don't really want to think about it, but anyway, there we are. So, um, but in the kingdom of heaven, we don't have to vote. We have a king, and he's a good king, and he's an everlasting king. And we know that he loves us. Um, you know, whoever had a king that loved them, whoever had a king that knew them, whoever had a president that knew them. Um, but we have a king who loved us, and who lived for us, and died for us. And um, we have one goal. We know that one day this kingdom will be seen uh, in all its peace and beauty and its, its wonder. Uh, it'll be a kingdom of love that everyone will see. We see a bit of it now, but we'll see it fully when the Lord Jesus Christ returns. We share one life. Um, we have a, a life given to us by the Holy Spirit, a whole new life. We share one destiny. We're going in a certain direction. We will be like Jesus. He is going to make us like him. Uh, we have one purpose, and that is to live for him and for his glory and his kingdom. And he then is everything to all of us. He becomes everything to us. If we lost everything we had and still had him, in a sense, we'd have everything that we could ever possibly need. And my question to you at the end of all of that is simply this. Do you understand anything of what I'm on about? Or, or are you sat there thinking, I don't know what he's on, what he's on about, what he's, what he's been drinking, this guy, because he seems to be talking about stuff I know nothing about. Well, I want to ask you, do you know what it means even to be a Christian? 
Because this is what it means. It means to belong to Jesus Christ in such a deep way that you belong to him even more than you belong to your own family. No, you still belong to your family. You still love your family. You love them even more. But you belong to Jesus Christ because he bought you. He purchased you with his own blood. He set you free with his life and with his death. And so here is this great truth about all Christians, all Christians everywhere. And one of the awesome things about Bordeaux Church, um, the previous church I was in, um, when we left, there were Welsh people, Scottish people, and English people. There was a French lady and an Italian guy. And I think that's it. Now, some more people have come in. So there are Polish people, and there are people from uh, other countries there um, as well. Uh, but when we were there, basically everyone was British, you know? Everyone was British. And that's kind of okay, but it's a bit boring. But you look around in Bordeaux Church, and I mean, whoa, you know, this is, this is different, isn't it? Uh, we don't even look the same, and that's so wonderful. You know, we reflect something of the diversity of the world that God made. And that's as it should be. And then when the Lord Jesus Christ returns, whoa, you know, what we will see in this new heavens and this new earth with this new humanity uh, in all its diversity, its kaleidoscopic um, beauty, beauty, because it is beautiful. Our diversity is beautiful. It is what God intended. Okay, so, um, so that's what it means to be a Christian. And because of that, there are certain things that follow, and we see them in this passage. And you've been wondering, well, what's this going to do with Acts 8? This is what it's going to do with Acts 8, okay? And um, there's three things I want to say about it. The first thing is this. Because all Christians belong to this new kingdom, that means there's no boundaries. There's no boundaries. You know, we're a bit cheeky. We say, where were you born? Where did you grow up? What is your nationality? But there's a sense in which there's no boundaries. I mean, who cares? Who even knows? Who can tell? Some people, we, we were sure that they grew up in one place and they didn't. They were born in another. You think, how did that happen? It doesn't matter, does it? Um, there are no boundaries. And here we see this because um, Jewish people are going to preach the good news about Jesus Christ in Samaria. Now, I'm sure that Sivan talked a lot about Samaria last week. Did he talk a lot about Samaria last week? Yes, he talked a bit about Samaria last week. But the Samaritans, I mean, if this was a pantomime, uh, if this was the kind of show where you booed and hissed the baddies and cheered the goodies, then you would boo and hiss the Samaritans, you know? Every time they walked into the room, you'd go, boo, get out, because they were baddies. They were rebels. They'd rebelled against Israel's king and set up their own nation. They'd set up their own temple as well. They'd rebelled even against God and God's plan. They were mixed race as well, which um, at that time didn't go down very well. Um, they were heretics. They didn't believe all uh, of the Old Testament. In, in fact, they didn't even have all of the Old Testament. And they were separatists. Separatists. Um, if ever there was a, um, a nasty word in many, many European countries, it's the word separatist. Um, separatist is, is looked down on, isn't it? 
uh, still, and they were in those days too. And so to go to Samaria was already a little bit risky. You know, they could tell that you weren't Samaritan. Uh, it, was, it was not what you did. And to go there and to preach to them the love of God in Jesus Christ, taking a big risk. And then to have lots of people believe in Jesus and to say, there we are, we are all now one. This is huge. You just don't do that. And so here is this huge step being taken. There are no boundaries. Jesus had already started that, hadn't he? Do you remember how Jesus, um, I think it's in John 4, isn't it? Uh, One day he was walking through Samaria. He did it deliberately. He went through Samaria, sat down by a well. It was noon. Uh, He was hot. There was no um, kind of bucket or anything to get water from the well. And so he was sat there wanting a drink. And a woman comes to the well. And he says to her, give me a drink. And their conversation unfolds. And in the end, she believes in him. And she calls her village to come and hear what he says. And the whole village uh, starts to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so Jesus has already started to break this wall down. We're familiar with walls being broken down, aren't we? We're celebrating, is it 30 years of the fall of the Berlin Wall? Um, And I remember the wall being broken down. Uh, It was really exciting. Some people travelled to go and dance on the wall uh, and to smash the wall. You can get little bits of concrete from the wall. Um, Well, here was the Lord Jesus Christ breaking down the wall. And here is the wall coming down even more. Now there's going to be a flood. It's not a village. It's a city. And there's loads of people who are going to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you see what's happening. The gospel is bursting out. You can't keep the good news about Jesus in the temple. It bursts out. You can't keep the good news about Jesus in Jerusalem. It bursts out. You can't keep it in Israel. It bursts out. There are no boundaries for the good news about Jesus. It bursts out everywhere. Two things, right? Coming out of this. This morning, Pat was um, listening to something. And I said, what is it you're listening to? And she said, oh, it's um, you version. Uh, you know the Bible thing, you version. Incidentally, nice idea during December. Uh, building up to Christmas, there are 24 chapters in Luke's Gospel. If you listen to one chapter a night, listen to it on you version. You can listen to it in any language, or most languages. Um, you'll listen uh, to a chapter every night until Christmas Eve. And then on Christmas Day, you, you have a reason to celebrate, Okay. So, little idea. But she was listening to someone talking about the ministry of you version. And they said, do you know the Bible has been downloaded from you version in every country of the world? I said, every country of the world? She said, every country of the world. The man specified, including North Korea. Including North Korea. There are no boundaries anymore. The gospel will cross every boundary. So that's the first thing. Please don't think that people can keep the gospel out of their country. They can't. They can't. The Lord Jesus Christ is king of the whole world. How can anyone stop uh, the good news about Jesus? It's impossible. But the second thing is this. What about in your life? Who is the person in your life who you think 
will never ever become a Christian. And you couldn't even talk to them about it. You couldn't even raise the subject. Is there anyone like that in your life? Very often there is, isn't there? There are no boundaries. There are no boundaries. We can ask God that that wall should come down too. You can ask God to break down that wall as well. He specialises in breaking down boundaries. There are no boundaries uh, that the gospel cannot cross. Okay? Second thing, there's no division. No division. Um, Jews and Samaritans. I mean, how is this going to work? How, how, how is this going to work out? Uh, they, they haven't even spoken for centuries. You know, there was no contact between them. And now their brothers and sisters are in the same family. How are they going to do this? But there must be no division. You can't have a Jewish church and a Samaritan church. You can't have a Jewish body of Christ and a Samaritan body of Christ. That, that, would, be, that would be terrible. And so uh, there must be no division. There must be one body. And so what happens is the apostles come down, Peter and John. Now I just want you to notice something. Um, who comes down? Peter and John. John um, had once travelled through Samaria with the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Samaritans knew that Jesus and his disciples were going to Jerusalem. And they disapproved. They didn't like Jerusalem or anything it stood for. And so they wouldn't give them hospitality. And John said, shall we call down fire from heaven on them to burn them up? Do you remember that? It's in, I think it's in Luke 9. I've got it written down. Yeah, Luke 9. Shall we call down fire from heaven to destroy the Samaritans? Well, here is something wonderful. You see, the gospel, it changes the way you look at people. Being a Christian changes the way you think about people. And so John now, he comes down from Jerusalem. And in a funny kind of way, he's going to call down fire as well. But it's not the same fire. And it's not for judgment. Not at all. And so they come down and they meet the Samaritans. And what do they do? They, they lay hands on them and the Samaritans receive the Holy Spirit uh, when the apostles, Peter and John, lay their hands on them. Now, there's a couple of things we need to say about this. Does that mean there was a problem with what Philip was saying? Not at all. Not at all. The people had come to real new life. Does it mean that then we all need to have some kind of apostle lay their hands on us? You know, like um, baptism and confirmation or something like that. Uh, is becoming a Christian a two-stage thing? Well, not at all. Luke regards this as being rather odd. This is a strange thing. Look at it, verse 16. He says, and I've still got it here. Um, he says, the Holy Spirit hadn't yet come on any of them. They'd simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. What is happening then? What is simply this? You know, um, I may not be English, but I am British. And British people, there are things we don't do. And one of the things we don't do is we very seldom touch each other. We are not a touchy-feely people. We believe in personal space. 
yeah? When you meet someone who is an old friend and you're really excited to meet them, you might jiggle a little to show how excited you are. But that's probably as far as it goes. When you come to France, one of the things someone said was, Alan, one day you're going to do the bees with a guy. And I thought, it's unthinkable. And I thought, then don't think about it. Don't think about it. And then one day, a little chap uh, came up to me at a church meeting and he took off his glasses. And I thought, here we go. So I thought, don't think about it. And I didn't think about it and everything was okay. Now then, (laughs) I'm still here, I'm still alive. Um, Now then, what I'm trying to say is this. There are cultures where you don't touch each other. There are cultures where you touch each other all the time. Um, In fact, um, there are some cultures where when you talk to people, you can put a hand on their shoulder all the time you're talking to them. For some of us, that's really weird. But for them, that's normal. You're talking to them. Why would you not touch them? Uh, Some cultures hug a lot. But they do, you know, kind of thing. But they do it. And in Jewish and Samaritan culture, it was really important that the apostles touch the new converts. They had to touch them. They had to touch them because normally they'd brush off the dust. Normally they, they wouldn't even want to go anywhere near them. But now they've got to touch them. And that contact was really important. Later on, do you remember? Well, soon we'll see Saul becoming a Christian. And Ananias goes and touches him. He touches him. And that's really important because they're welcoming them into the family. They've got brothers and sisters now who are Samaritans. Who would have thought it? You know, this is going to take some coping with, but we're going to do it. We're going to do it, and it's going to be fine. And so that there would be one worldwide family of God, um, the apostles come down, touch the Samaritan believers, and it's then that they receive the Holy Spirit. It's important for the Samaritans too, because they've got to accept that the Jewish apostles have come from Jerusalem. They've come from Jerusalem. And we can't have the Holy Spirit until they touch us. And so everyone has to be welded together into that one big family. And that's true for us as well, isn't it? There can be no division. There can't be. No culture here is superior to any other. We can't do that. Uh, Because it's not true. Uh, The only culture that's superior is the culture. The culture of the kingdom of God, yeah? The culture of the church, the culture that the King, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ gives to us, where his kingdom is a family of love. And so uh, there can be no division. It's really important. Sometimes it's a challenge, but we have to work it out. Third thing, so no boundaries, no division. The last thing, no elite And we come on to this uh, puzzling story of Simon. Simon, who um, had been a magician and um, had wowed all the people with his amazing uh, powers. And um, now Simon, he sees 
um, the apostles lay their hands and they receive the Holy Spirit, he says, whoa, I want to buy into that. Now, there's a couple of things we, we can see from this. Firstly, the Samaritans, they didn't have all the Old Testament, so they didn't have all of God's teaching. Yeah? All they had was the five books of Moses. That was a lot. They expected a Messiah, but they didn't know a lot about him. And um, so they were, they were, in inverted commas, they were like Christians who are very badly taught. Um, and so they were prey to people like Simon. Simon comes in and he can wow them with his amazing powers. What do we see in our scientific cultures that reject Christianity? Do we see people being very Cartesian and very logical and very scientific and living lives that are kind of, well, you know, it's all cause and effect? Or do we see festivals of clairvoyance in our, in our cities and fortune tellers and all kinds of things like that going on? Well, that's what we see, don't we? How many times do you get emails and um, spam mails and see things on Facebook about Mahabu? Um, at one time, Bordeaux Church used to get loads of messages from people recommending their Marabu. I used to think, what, if, what, what, you know, how does, why would you, anyway, never mind. So um, that is what you expose yourself to. If you're not taught the truth, you'll believe lies. You'll believe lies. And so that was the case with Simon. Well, Simon uh, professes faith, but he sees what the apostles do, and he says, whoa, this is wonderful. Um, I've become a Christian now, but I can, I can still have power. I can buy into power. I can be like the apostles. If I give them money, they'll give me this power. And I can give people the gift of the Holy Spirit. Um, godliness for him is a way of uh, earning a living, a good living. And earning a good reputation of getting a name for himself. And it raises important questions for us. What are you trying to achieve with your life? What are you trying to do? What does your life mean? What do you want in life? You know, I think the Lord Jesus Christ tells us that basically in life, what we want, we can get. Do you remember he talks about the, um, the Pharisees who loved to pray on street corners? And in Jewish culture, you prayed like that. So everyone knew you were praying, you know. And they would be on the street corners uh, praying to God. And the whole street, both, both sides, because they're on the corner, that side and that side, they know that there's someone really holy there who's praying. And boy, you know, they prayed for a long time. Stood like that. And Jesus says... They do it to be seen by people and they have their reward. They have their reward in full. They want to be seen. They want to be respected. They get it. He says, don't you be like that. You go and hide. Pray in secret. And your father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. He'll give you the desires of your heart. Yeah? And so basically what you want in life you can get. If you want to build yourself a name... People do that. People do that. If you want to build yourself a ministry, people do that. If you want to get wealthy, there are ways of getting wealthy. There are ways of doing that. The trouble is, 
You live for that, and your name, your reputation, your ministry, your wealth, as Peter says, it'll perish with you. It's true, isn't it? You live to get a big house, you can have a big house. At the end of your life, you leave your big house behind. That's what you lived for, that's what you had. You had your reward in full. And what this passage is challenging us to do is to live for something bigger than anything this world can give us. More than a good name, more than uh, our ministry, more than money, to live for eternity, to live to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ and to build his kingdom. And if you live for the Lord Jesus Christ, then of course, at the end of your life, yeah, you'll be forgotten. But you'll be remembered by the Lord Jesus Christ. He will never, ever forget you. And your life will be of everlasting significance. Because what you have built will last forever. And it's your choice. You've got to decide. And Simon is here. It's a really serious thing, isn't it? How many times... Um, are people rebuked publicly in Bordeaux Church? How many times do we tell people off publicly? Um, when was the last time we told someone off publicly? Sylvan, what did you last tell me off for? You never have? Who, who, who last had a public telling off in Bordeaux Church? Anyone ever had that? No. You know, we, we just don't do that. If there's, if there's something to be said, we would say it quietly. In a corner somewhere, you know, um, Helen, you know, you, you, you really upset people when you said so-and-so, so-and-so, like, oh, I'm really sorry, and, you know, um, you do it quietly, but that's not what Peter does. Peter publicly rebukes um, Simon. He says, may your money perish with you, because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in this ministry, because your heart is not right before God. Repent of this wickedness. And pray to the Lord in the hope that he may forgive you. Public rebuke. This is really, really important. Why? Because Simon, this will kill you. It will kill you. This is the kind of thing that will lead to you uh, uh, perishing forever. And so um, the challenge comes to you and it comes to me. What are you going to do with your life? The Lord Jesus Christ said, whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will keep it. And this is what he's talking about. Will you live for him? Will you give your life for him? Because if you do, you will find your life is of everlasting significance. That what you did really counts really counts and counts forever and so um, uh, our three kind of um, no's um, unfold no boundaries no boundaries God's family is composed of Samaritans and Jews no divisions no divisions it's one family and no elite you can't be an elite 
in the family of God. We're all on the same level in the family of God. No elite. And so the apostles, what do they do? Uh, Their reaction to it? Well, um, verse 25. They proclaim the word of the Lord. They testify about Jesus. And then they return to Jerusalem preaching the gospel in many Samaritan villages. What are they doing? They're telling the whole wide world about the Lord Jesus Christ. That is so important. It's so important that you realise that Jesus Christ is, is the key to you finding life. Finding life. The life you live without Jesus is a kind of death. It's like death that leads to death. It really is. You trust in Jesus Christ. You come to life. You find new life that leads to life. And through Jesus, there's one Lord, one family, one church, one people, uh, one destiny, one story, one awesome one, the Lord Jesus Christ, one star, one king. We're going to pray. And then I'll hand over to Stephen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the one that you sent into this world, the Lord.